Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. We're located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose. Or you could reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. In studio with me today is my good friend, producer, and co-host, Mr. Carl Big Papa Welsh. How you doing, Carl? If I was such a good friend, you'd have bought me breakfast yesterday instead of making me pay for my own pancakes. But that's uh, all right. That's all right. Not that's that type right. of a friend. <laughs> I think we got a great show today. This is going to be a powerful interview today. Yeah. We got a full studio, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we have a very special guest in today. We have a California senator in our studio today, Mr. Jim Bell. Jim. Hi there. Yeah, we heard the crowd going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Jim, today? We're doing good today. Well, Jim, we want to find out a little bit about you, how you got to become a senator, because that's very important to our listeners. We know that politicians are people, too. So yeah. people really get inspired when they hear your story, how you got to where you're at. So we really want to start with you sharing that. Well, I'm a native of San Jose. I grew up in San Jose, and uh, I got nine brothers and sisters. Wow. And so we're a big family and uh, ended up going to San Jose State and studying uh, urban planning and things like that. And that's how I got involved in politics, a city council and then a county supervisor. Um, uh, I paid my way through college uh, working in uh, farm worker. Wow. So I did that for actually 10 years, uh, hoeing vegetables and picking uh, various fruits and vegetables. Wow. So I have that experience and um, uh, county supervisor. And then I got elected to the state assembly. And last five years, I'm a senator representing San Jose and uh, a million people in that area. Wow. What a what a story, huh? That's very encouraging for any of our listeners. You, you know, people think you just start off with like, uh, you know, the gift, you know, that you're, you're handed something like that. What a wonderful story about working. Where are you going to go after you leave the Senate? Is there anything you're thinking about doing after that? I'm uh, listening to my wife about what she wants to do. Uh, that's the first thing I'll say. Um, but uh, I'm looking at other opportunities. I hope uh, we uh, will have um, a president uh, possibly that I can work with, uh, new governor, and um, possibly in local government, local politics again, I might do that. So I haven't made up my mind. 
That's good. Well, we want to keep people attached to Jim Bell. Mm-hmm. Jim is actually up there in Sacramento now, but he, he's he's the chairman of what, Jim, the Transportation Committee? I got two chairmanships. I'm a chairman of the Transportation and Housing Committee, so we've been working hard on transportation and housing the last uh, few years, especially homelessness. And then I'm also chair of the Senate Select Committee on um, mental health and substance abuse, so I work on those issues as well. How do you feel when you when people think about, you know, housing and homelessness, you know, how do you feel you're progressing on that and, and dive into it as much as you want? It's a, it's, it's a very complex issue and um, uh, we have to solve it by not just one big answer. We have to look at a lot of different things. So we got to look at it like the short term, getting people off the streets and then we have to provide transitional housing, maybe uh, a bridge for people, some kind of bridge. And then um, permanent stable housing, uh, affordable housing has to be increased. We have to have more affordable housing, especially in the Bay Area. Yeah, it seems kind of hard. How how does uh, the mental health work within that all of that as well? Well, I, 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 I've been working on the mental health thing uh, for all my life, basically, in uh, my public career. And uh, personally, I feel that uh, it starts with uh, maternal child health. Mm-hmm. Having good, healthy babies makes good, healthy kids, and that starts the growth process. But uh, I think everybody realizes that there's genetics, other kinds of trauma-induced uh, things that happen. Uh, a lot of my friends came back from Vietnam. They had mental health problems. Uh, substance abuse problems actually uh, go with mental health problems in some cases. So we have to we have to deal with it uh, as it goes along. We have to have a full continuum of uh, care, and we don't have that now, quite frankly. And and we're trying to increase the support for that. And it's been very difficult uh, uh, politically. Mental health is not a popular issue. Drug abuse is not a popular issue. Yeah. But uh, we're trying to raise the consciousness and uh, reduce the stigma of uh, caring for people with behavioral problems and. You know, uh, I have several bills this year I'm working on, and um, uh, next year with the new governor, uh, we'll see what what happens. He has a, uh, I'm assuming Gavin Newsom will be elected, so, you know, I'm a Democrat. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> But uh, he's actually written a nine-page paper on uh, mental health, so that's a good sign. So I, I hope that we can uh, have um, care for people. But when we talk about mental health and people on the streets, uh, housing first, regardless of whether or not they're, abu- they're uh, substance abusers or, or, or have a certain problems, we have to house them first. Mm-hmm. So we need more uh, housing for homeless, and um, we have funded that. Uh, we have Proposition 1 and Proposition 2 on the ballot. Uh, are that those bonds? Those are uh, one's a bond, one's a $4 billion bond. Proposition one. Proposition two is to use uh, existing Mental Health Services Act funds to uh, provide $2 billion of housing for homeless mentally ill. So we urge support for those two measures. So explain to us, if you don't mind, how, how does the bonds actually work? Because I think that's, that's one of the best ways that we can, that the state raises money in order to help pay for things like roads and, and housing. How does that normally work? And yet, uh, and yet you know, Jim, Physically responsibility of you have mm-hmm. too many bonds and California bond rate will go down. Yeah, I think that's true. And we're, we're okay with these bonds. The treasurer supports them in, in terms of uh, this. And the bonds, the bonds uh, basically are borrowing. It's a 30 year borrowing at a, 
tax-exempt rate, which is quite low, and uh, it is used to finance the construction of affordable housing. When we we do a, say, $3 billion bond, we actually get $4 for every dollar we put up in federal tax credits. So So it's a really good deal in terms of housing. It's unlike unlike it, uh, other bonds. Housing is a, a private sector activity. In, these bonds will create 137,000 jobs and 50,000 housing units, we, we estimate. So we think these bonds are going to really help uh, uh, attack that affordable housing problem in California. How do you how do you look at the Silicon Valley? You know, when you think of the corporations, is there some public private partnerships that you envision that would really be good that Silicon Valley could step up and partner with you? Well, on the housing front, uh, we did we did create uh, a, a thing called the Silicon Valley Housing Trust that was created uh, about uh, twelve years, fifteen years ago, and it's a place where local governments, the state. And private sector uh, uh, donations come in, and then they grant money to affordable housing projects and projects for homeless people in in Silicon Valley. So, the housing trust is a five hundred one c three entity, and their only dedication is to building housing. So, they work with uh, the banks and they get private sector investment. Uh, like I said, federal housing tax credits. We see a lot of projects for homeless, veterans, and it's, so forth. So we want to transition a little bit from um, housing into transportation, which mm-hmm. is something huge yeah. for you and me as a chamber president. We would definitely want to talk talk a little bit about that. How do you see transportation, the SB1, I guess it is, the five-something billion dollars a year that's going to be spent here in the state of California? Well, SB1 was written uh, uh, to deal with the backlog of transportation needs in California. So we have, uh, for example, on state highways, $58 billion worth of backlog on, on road maintenance projects. Uh, $78 billion in uh, backlog for local government road maintenance. And uh, the transit districts have a backlog as well in terms of replacing vehicles. BART is just starting to replace the vehicles, for example, that they bought when BART was created in 1970. So some of those BART cars (laughs) go back to 1970. (laughs) So they need to replace the equipment. Uh, They need to um, uh, fix the tracks, uh, fix the roads and the highways. So SB1 will deal with that issue. Um, in terms of uh, the way we set it up, also we set up a, uh, a, a goal for minority business participation, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, the goal Caltrans had originally was 12% of the contracts. We, we pushed it to uh, 25% and we're increasing it even beyond there to uh, increase uh, minority business enterprise. Now, people say, well, why are you doing that? Well, our experience when we built uh, Highway 85, when I chaired the traffic authority in Santa Clara County, was by having more businesses involved in the construction projects, Mm -hmm. you had more competition. So when you have more competition, you end up having better bids. And we don't want to have all the big guys just have all the bids. So so having a, a medium and a small businesses involved in the construction actually encourages competition, which makes it better better competitive. 
and keeps the bids down. It saves the taxpayer money and actually gets the projects finished on time and on budget. So, so we think that that's a, a very important goal. We'd rather have the groceries bought in San Jose or yes, Fremont yes. <laughs> than in uh, some big company that comes in from uh, Tennessee Texas, or yeah. Texas or something. Mm-hmm. So, so the tax dollars stay here. And uh, so we, we're having a lot of uh, Caltrans minority business enterprise fairs, uh, how to get uh, qualified, and um, we hope to be successful with that. So, Jim just brought it up. Carl Welsh and I, we're going to be producing something for the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. It's a certification workshop and oh. how to do business with the city of San Jose, the county, VTA, all of that. And you're going to learn more about that on our second half. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connection. And now back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Uh, I know what is hip. What is hip is the Silicon Valley Business Connections. We got California Senator Jim Bell in our office today. I think today. Jim's kind of, I think <laughs> Senator Bell is kind of hip, man. Yeah. He was, he was, he was kind of grooving for a minute there. <laughs> Those are my tower power boys. You kind of look like the saxophone Good. player, too, you know. He's got yeah, that beard going on. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, we want to let all of our listeners know who've heard the first half. If they want to contact Jim, I'm going to give out his staff's number. And we're going to also do this at the end of the show. But we want you to know how to contact Jim for lots of different reasons. One, you want to learn how to maybe, you know, uh, volunteer and be a part of what he's doing. Or you just want to ask some questions. His number is area code 408-558-1295. That's 408-558-1295. Jim, you and I were talking on the break about prisons and this recidivism rate and you know my heart about that and and I just want to dive into that because that's something I know a lot of people uh, who are listening and sometimes if you're not involved in it if you don't have a family member involved in it you don't think about it out of sight out of mind but this is a huge problem that we need some people to come together and solve this these are people that have paid a price and now are coming back into society Uh, what can we do Jim to make this work well the first thing we have to do is to fund more education. I think that's mm-hmm. the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I believe there's a lot of disparities in the quality of education. Uh, I, I've been working with the Black Educators Association on legislation uh, to uh, support uh, funding for um, uh, programs specifically for young, young black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids and we need to do that so we have to support those those people uh, well i want to say something about that jim that leads right into my bay area black youth techathon we want to have our kids armed with 21st century skills so they can survive not only survive but thrive here in silicon valley and not get into that penal system well we want to support the 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 techathon because that's where the money is i mean those jobs are good paying jobs uh we think that uh Silicon Valley is going to continue. There's going to be more jobs, and they're just waiting for people to become uh, qualified, educated, and get into the field. And uh, we have to make sure that they have the opportunity and the connections, and that's what the Black Title Fund is all about. And that's what the Silicon Valley is here, Silicon Valley Black Chamber is here to do. We also want to go inside those prisons, mm-hmm. and we want to talk to those who are inside that are incarcerated and teach them entrepreneurial skills 
So when they leave prison or they leave being incarcerated, they can choose to go work for somebody if they can, or they can choose to be self-employed. And I know you support that too, Jim. Yes, I've been to, I actually uh, am on the budget subcommittee on public safety. So I visited 25 prisons, actually, probably have visited more prisons than any other legislators. And I, I want to urge legislators to visit the prisons and talk to the prisoners. Um, they are desperate for education. They are desperate because they know that when they get out, that's going to be their biggest challenge. They already have a mark against them in terms of being incarcerated. They need to have that education uh, uh, to give them a chance. And uh, we need to have those programs in the prison preparing them to get out uh, effectively. We, we did this bill this year on this um, SB 825, which is a pre-apprenticeship program uh, that allows uh, job skills to be obtained in the prisons for a pre-apprenticeship for construction trades because we're going to have SB1, the construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those could be pretty good paying jobs. You go in and in a year you're making like $27, $28 an hour, mm-hmm. and then you work your way up to $40 an hour. Construction trade uh, jobs have uh, benefits and retirement and so forth. Mm-hmm. So um, we think that uh, this is a first step. We need to have the community colleges and the GED programs as well as the business training programs that you're talking about mm-hmm. with uh, Black Chamber going in, small business development, because uh, uh, a lot of those prison inmates are pretty darn smart. You, sh- you should talk to them, <laughs> and you'll find out that right. these people would come in and they would be productive members of society except for one, maybe one millisecond mistake that they made or, or something happened in their life, and then a little, little thing happened, and all of a sudden they're arrested and put in prison. So uh, I talked to one kid from San Jose that was in the Mill Creek prison, and he was 23, and I think what happened to him is he got he didn't pay his parking tickets. He got he got a warrant out. He went to county jail. Got in a fight in the jail oh, oh where uh, there was a big rumble between different gangs or something. He was in the middle. He wasn't in a gang, but he got in the middle of it, and uh, he got convicted of a, a fighting in the jail felony. Has uh, seven years, eight years in prison now. Isn't it just terrible? for one little thing happened like that? I mean, you got you got. Uh, and he was trying to get his uh, community college degree. Isn't that crazy, Jim? I mean, if, if we don't do this right, you actually can have someone go into prison and instead of getting a good skill that he can use when he gets out, learn to be more of a or a better crook. <laughs> there is there is another problem, and that's the overrepresentation of the African American uh, black black. And I'll give you the numbers here. Yeah. In twenty sixteen, um, the male population. Um, California male population of African-American was 6%, 29% in the state prison system. Mm-hmm. Now, it costs $90,000 a year to put somebody in the state prison, $90,000 a year. So I, I think uh, what a waste. And how much does it cost for educate, educating someone? Well, here? you can probably get federal funds and so forth. So probably uh, for the 90000 you can do about – uh, eight or nine uh, students at uh, twelve, right. yeah, same so, cost. No, yeah. so this is this is 2018. Why is it so complicated to think about 
some of the things that you're talking about? Why haven't they done it to this point, and why haven't it been done at this point? Why is it so complicated to educate prisoners that are in in uh, prisons? Why do we see it's okay to pay ninety thousand to incarcerate when it only takes ten thousand, twelve thousand dollars to educate? And give them better opportunities. Is it something about business in prison, Carl? Yeah, wow. Well, we want to have uh, people come out of prison. It, it, the, the, the issue is there's too many people arrested. We over-incarcerate. Uh, there's people in the prison that probably, um, if they had a community option or something like that, would have been better placed in a community option. Uh, we have the bail reform bill that passed, uh, eliminating cash bail in California. That's going to help. That's huge. Uh, we have a my bill on the governor's desk right now for pretrial diversion uh, for somebody with a mental health issue. We got too many people get put in prison because they have mental health issues, not mm-hmm. because they're criminals <clears throat> or doing something. So uh, and then and then just the the. Uh, police uh, use of force and some of the cultural competency uh, should be included in uh, our police academies. Cultural competency. I like that. That's exactly what it is. That's what it is. It's like understanding uh, uh, various cultures and um, understanding uh, their Mm -hmm. role as police officers and what the true meaning of making the community safe is. Well, I like that. Well, he led something in his Use of force. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that earlier. Isn't there something you're working on, Jim, ab- about this use of force thing? And tell us about the history of this use of force. Stuff. Well, the use of force law in California um, is uh, been discussed this year in the legislature. It was AB 930 by um, uh, Assemblywoman Dr. Shirley Weber from San Diego. And uh, Dr. Weber uh, introduced a bill to define the use of force in a constitutional way that's uh, uh, showing the police department what the proper uh, guidelines were for use of force and use use of uh, force in their actions as police officers. Uh, the state law right now on use of force goes back to 1871. It actually hasn't been amended since 1871 for some reason. You know, I, I don't know. There was always some reason. But I'm just telling you that that law is unconstitutional. That law does not meet the constitutional rules passed by the Supreme Court in many case law that has been uh, happening on the use of force of police. So the police don't even use that law. Mm. We don't even have a law on use of force. It's it's the constitutional precedents that we're using in guiding our police department. So we need to establish a use of force law in California that um, is fair, that reduces the use of force, that looks at other options before police use force on uh, a person. So, so I, I think I think we should give them another way to, or uh, again, tell them how they can reach Senator Bell because this everything he's talking about from transportation yes. uh, to incarceration to fair housing, mental health. These are all the things that we as Californians should be truly, truly, truly concerned about. So again, if you want to tell tell our listeners how they can reach out to you, especially if they want to be in support of you. Well, well he has, yeah, go ahead. I was going to do the website, too, but I'm going to give them that phone number again, Jim. It's 408-558-1295. And then you can also reach him at uh, Jim Bell's got a, oh, he's got this one where it's jimbell.com. Jimbell.com. <laughs> yeah, jimbell.com. That's a good one. You know, we probably got about 30 seconds, Jim. Is there anything that you would like to kind of summarize and, and where you're doing and 
and what people can do to help you? I'm 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 a, a guy that picks out issues that are not easy. I, I, I'm doing this uh, drug and mental health, and I would like to see free drug treatment for everybody. And mm-hmm. we should have programs in the schools and for mental health and drug treatment. And we should have free drug treatment in California that would that would help us uh, make our community safe and make our people more productive, and have opportunities. Yeah. So I'm 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 just saying that next year, with the new governor coming in, that's what we want to do. We want to thank California Senator Jim Bell for coming into our studios today. And at the end of it, we always say, stay connected. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections.